Hi, friends. I wanted to give you a little heads up. So when I write and record the podcasts, I tend to do it in one fell swoop. I usually write in the morning and I record in the afternoon and I do very few edits because I really like for my authentic self to shine through. And today, my authentic self got a little emotional. And so if you're not up for that today, and that is absolutely okay, you may want to skip this week. Or maybe listen to it when you're feeling like you want to hear five minutes of me sniffling a little bit. So just that caveat, I won't be offended if you skip this week. The food holidays are kind of generic. And I'm going to do a Wednesday podcast where I outline all of the food holidays for the month of August. Okay, thanks for being supportive and for listening. Have a good week. Hi, welcome to the Cake Adjacent Podcast, a once a week update on all things food, family, community, gardening, whatever. We call it Sidecar. If it has to do with the rituals around food and holidays, making food or taking it places, or remembering what we were eating during important times in our lives, we'll talk about it here. Hey friends, it has been another week. Funny how they just keep coming, isn't it? Work has been very work heavy and it has been very hot here and I do not do hot well. So I hope you are all staying hydrated and cool wherever you are. How about a check-in? It has been about 28 months since the pandemic really hit us. Almost 7 million people have died and more than a million of them right here in the United States. And there are more than 600 million confirmed cases as of the writing of this podcast. And that number is probably pretty conservative because many of those people are using at-home tests and not reporting to their local health agency. How are you coping with all of this? I keep trying to stay one or two steps ahead of being pulled into despair, but I will be honest, it is not easy. A month ago, I talked about how the bindweed was suffocating my garden, once my pride and joy, and I went out one morning early before it got hot and I pulled it all away. But it's back. The rain and the heat brought it back with a vengeance, and now it's really too hot to deal with, with the temperatures almost 100 degrees every day. So I have just let it go. The pool is full of leaves and algae, and I have just let it go. We already know I have let the housework go a long time ago. I haven't read a book since March 2020, because I can't get my brain to work that way anymore. I'm in flight or fight mode, mostly flight in real life and fight on Twitter for the last 28 months. I know how lucky I am. I have a job and a roof over my head and people who love me and money for food and medicine. Not anyone, not everyone has all or any of those things. This week, I was sadly reminded that sometimes those things aren't even enough. A friend of mine from Providence died on Friday. 
the demons that he had been trying to outswim just caught up with him, and he slipped beneath the surface of the waves of despair. Our mutuals said that our friend, someone with a gigantic, buoyant heart and a hundred-mile-an-hour creative brain, hadn't done well during the isolating times of the pandemic, and he disappeared down a bottle. When your whole shtick, your routine, your raison d'etre is bouncing off of others in some fashion, having that disappear is impossible to live with. I can't help but worry about the toll this pandemic is taking on our collective creative psyches and how it continues to light up our trauma centers every single day and what it will take for us to figure out what the new normal is going to be. And I'm not talking about a politics new normal because that's a whole different discussion for a different podcast. I'm just talking about our ability to cope, our need to connect with other people in meaningful or even trivial ways, knowing when to send up flares when we need help, and knowing how to look for those flares from our friends and family and having the emotional bandwidth to be able to help them. But even if you're an introvert who has said that working from home and not having to go out has been your dream, I worry about you too, because no matter how we say otherwise, we aren't islands. No matter how much we say we love solitude, we still have a need to be seen and to be heard. Where's all this coming from, you're asking? Or maybe you're not asking, because this seems to be a common refrain for me, isn't it? Because I spend so much time remembering things when I'm writing. They're like lightning strikes in my brain or fireflies that light up long forgotten places. And in the remembering, of course, is the comparison from those things to the things happening now. And we all know that comparison is the thief of joy. Ten years ago on this past weekend, I was in Boston with my Red Sox friends, making breakfast for a house full of broken misfits and orphans. We came from all corners of the country for a kind of reunion, and we stayed in this big, sprawling Victorian just outside the city in Watertown. That night, some of us had gone to see some other friends at a minor league baseball game, while others met different friends at a bar, and we all stumbled home to our beds. In the morning, I made breakfast for everyone. We had bacon and eggs, and I brought a big bag of peaches, and I cut them up into little cut glass bowls for everyone. And it was kind of a rolling breakfast because everyone got up at different times. Later, we'd go to a baseball game together, all of us, meeting up with another 30 friends. And the next morning, we did it all again, standing in this incredible light-filled kitchen, which belongs to someone else now, eating our bacon and scrambled eggs and our strawberry jam on toast, and then a tour around the yard where I named all the plants and flowers while watering the garden. It was the first social outing of any kind since my father had died two months before, and this group of friends had been such a rock for me. They were who I texted when he finally stopped breathing that night. I texted those friends, and I got in my car, and I drove home to my mother's dark house, which is also now owned by someone else. And I went to bed, and the next day I woke up to a world without my father in it. But when I opened my phone, there were 20 texts from my people who were going to get in their cars and drive to Connecticut if I needed them to. Eleven years ago this week, I started a knitting class at a knitting store that I would hang out at 
all the time, taking all the classes I could because it was less than a mile from my office and I could take my lunch break there, just sitting in the comfy chairs with my project bag in my lap until it closed and a wing store went in its place. I still can only knit hats and really only one pattern that I have memorized. But I was there for the comfortable crafty camaraderie. There's another yarn shop, but I haven't found it as welcoming as nature's yarn was. The pandemic has taken so many avenues to community away from us. We've tried to find new routes, mostly virtual, and while they are so fulfilling and certainly interesting, I wonder how many of us are falling through the cracks because of the dearth of human contact. The missing sun-filled kitchen breakfast with your besties, baseball games, meeting for drinks after work with your spouse's work pals, all the things we did in the before times. I consider myself so lucky to have found a community on the internet, because if I hadn't found you all when I was sick in the middle of a pandemic, I know, this I know, I would not have survived. But man, my friends, when are we going to turn a corner and find some kind of way back to our, our old lives? How long will we hang on by these threads, wistfully remembering sharing a beach house on an island? Or breakfast with a bunch of hungover sports fans? Sorry. It's been a week. Or meeting up with our friends for a live show at a club. Or, oh my God, even in-person work meetings with donuts and coffee. Remember those? Don't get me wrong. I get so much more work done at home when I can multitask. But I am so much more effective in a real meeting than a virtual meeting. I miss being effective. Anyway. I guess this is just a long way of me saying I'm struggling with the continued isolation that I worry about my friends who are even more isolated than I am. I don't know how to fix any of it. Not for me, not for my garden or my household or my pool or my people or my family. There's a saying that you can't draw water from a dry well, and my well is feeling dry, and I know this will pass. It always passes. But what if this one time it doesn't? So in other news, cherries have been on sale everywhere. So I bought another eight pounds to make boozy cherries. I made the first batch last week with brandy, and the next batch will be with vodka, lemon, and vanilla bean, I think. We're pretty deep into peach season, so I probably will get peaches this week at the farmer's market and make some more peach jam or maybe some peach and black raspberry sauce. Speaking of peaches, there's been this great peach cream cake at Wegmans. I highly recommend it. It's a very light cake layers with peach and whipped cream, 
in between and a pecan and whipped cream streusel top. And I have to say I don't love the streusel top, to be honest. I tend to just not eat it. But the rest of the cake is so delicious. It is perfect any time of the day, but especially at breakfast. And speaking of breakfast, we've been eating breakfast for dinner the past several nights. I found an Instagram reel on one of my cooking Instagrams of a shredded potato and cheese and fried egg in a white corn tortilla taco, and it was really good. We have added wilted spinach and refried beans and switched out the white corn tortilla for a yellow corn tortilla because they are a bit more robust. It is a very good, quick, and easy meal. It does not heat up the kitchen too much, which is key because we do not have central air at our house here in Virginia, which is kind of crazy. We have window units and they work pretty well, but there are no windows in the kitchen, which is a whole beef I have about the kitchen. Also, I have discovered a new favorite Pepperidge Farm cookie. It's called Maui. And it is a coconut cookie with milk chocolate chunks and almonds. The coconut part of the cookie is pretty subtle, and I might try to come up with a recipe to make my own. I would probably half the amount of chocolate and use chips, not chunks. I think there's too much chocolate in it. I know that sounds crazy, but even I think there's sometimes too much chocolate in things. And maybe increase the coconut and swap out almonds for macadamia nuts. Here's something else I've been thinking about, just totally out of the blue, having to do with nothing that we've been talking about, and that is old-fashioned chenille bedspreads and hobnail bedspreads. If you know what I'm talking about, you absolutely know what I'm talking about. There's something about them, and I'm not sure what it is, but they are so calming to me, and I have no idea whose bedroom had those nubby, cream-colored bedspreads with the fringe when I was growing up. But clearly, that represents a safe place for me, so I am always scouring thrift shops and eBay for ones in good condition. Okay, let's wrap up the final week of July's food holidays. Today, the 24th of July, is National Tequila Day, which I do not care for, so I will just skip it. You can have my share. Please just do not drink and drive. This is important. Monday is Hot Fudge Sunday Day, and I am a fan of Hot Fudge Sundays. In fact, I even like the ones at McDonald's because I believe there are no bad ice cream sundaes ever anywhere. Tuesday is Coffee Milkshake Day, and I think I have firmly established that I am big on ice cream. And let me tell you about a few of my favorite coffee milkshakes. First is the Coffee Awful Awful, which is a milkshake made with vanilla ice cream and coffee syrup from Newport Creamery. And a quick glance tells me that Newport Creamery does still exist, um, but it was an absolute staple for me when I lived in Rhode Island. The cheeseburgers were so good, and they were square because they were more like grilled cheeses with a beef patty wedged in the middle. Anywho, down here, I like the coffee milkshakes from Five Guys, where the cheeseburgers are also quite good, and you can get a lunch bag full of fries. And finally, my absolute favorite milkshake isn't a milkshake at all, but a frozen custard shake made with vanilla custard and a shot of espresso. Oh my god, it is so good. If you have a frozen custard place near you, definitely try that out. Wednesday is creme brulee day, which is a very good dessert, but who has the energy for that in a 100 degree heat, huh? Although I did have lunch at a place a month or so ago, the first time I've really eaten out in a restaurant in I don't know how long, and the dessert I got was creme brulee, and it was just plain vanilla bean creme brulee, 
and it was so perfectly simple and sublime that I'm often still thinking about it. Wednesday is also Scotch Day, which I don't drink, but I do love me some butterscotch in many forms, including butterscotch pudding, butterscotch lifesavers, some auntie's linty butterscotch hard candies from the bottom of a bottomless purse. Thursday is milk chocolate day, and you'd really think with all the action that milk chocolate gets, they would be afforded more than one day. So I think we should probably do one of those change.org petitions and get milk chocolate at least a week or a month. Now, Friday is an interesting day because it's called Cheese Sacrifice Purchase Day. And I don't even know what that means, um, but I'm going to assume that it means that you spend your week's paycheck on really high-end cheese. And if so, um, let me know what you get. Saturday is National Cheesecake Day. And again, I think cheesecake should be given an entire month. And I'm going to show you my big baboon butt here and tell you how much I love the cheesecake at Cheesecake Factory. My favorite is the banana cream cheesecake, but honestly, I will eat any of the cheesecakes as long as they aren't too stunty. And by stunty, I mean I don't want cake in my cheesecake. I don't want fruity pebbles in my cheesecake. I don't want candy bars in my cheesecake. And finally, Sunday, July 31st, is National Raspberry Cake Day, Cotton Candy Day, and it's Jump for Jelly Beans Day. And I think I've talked about how much I love Brax jelly beans, and thanks to um, one of my listeners... Uh, Kathy, I have a lot of jelly beans in the house, but I've been thinking a lot about jelly beans lately because I've been making it a habit of sending a bag to my mother every few days. She loves those jelly bellies. Uh, I like all of the fruit flavors of the jelly bellies and none of the weirdo flavors like buttered popcorn and watermelon is my favorite of the flavors. Okay, folks, I think I'll do a mini pod on Wednesday where we'll go over the month-long food holidays for August. Uh, We'll talk about the cookie correspondent report. Um, I'll remind you yet again about the rabbit, 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 and we'll see if we can't get that goddamn thing to work. And I'll tell you what I think um, I finally understand about the multiverse. See you then. (laughs) 